Our first uh, scripture reading is from Psalm 115. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 11. I invite you to follow along on the screen. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel. Feet, but do not walk. They make no sound in their throats. Those who make them are like them. So are all who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, there was this night that Walt Disney lay awake staring at the ceiling of his hospital room. And he imagined that those acoustical tiles were sort of like a grid map of what he dreamed one day would be his greatest achievement ever, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Walt Disney once said, I believe the greatest challenge facing the world is trying to solve the problems of our cities. And so Walt Disney came up with a vision for a model city. It would have 20,000 inhabitants with the downtown encased in a 50-acre bubble in which there would be no rain, no cold, no heat, no day, or even night. Every home would open onto a park. Cars would travel underground so that the children could play without fear. On December 15, 1966, Walt Disney's mind was consumed with his vision for the perfect city. The next day, he died. Today, we have Walt Disney's experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Anybody know what it is? Epcot, Epcot in Orlando, Florida. There's a bubble, but there's no schools, no churches, no homes, no permanent residence. Vehicles travel on surface roads. And as nice as it is, Epcot is still just an amusement park. What happened? Was Walt Disney's deathbed dream too expensive? No. Was it too technologically demanding? Not really. The problem was Florida law would have required that the 20,000 inhabitants, residents, be able to govern their own city, and Disney planners thought that would be a disaster. They didn't believe it would work, and so they pulled the plug. In the case of Disney, the creator of Mickey Mouse, you might say the best laid plans of mice and men, sadly go astray. Well, long before Walt Disney, the dreams of a perfect city took place on the plain of Shinar. And as I continue my sermon series on the book of Genesis, I want to invite you to join me as I read from Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. You can follow along on the screen. Now, the whole earth had one language and 
the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its tops in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which mortals had built. And the, people, and the Lord said, look, they are all one people and they have all one language. And this is, the only, this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. And they left off building the city. Therefore, it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. And friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And once again, would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. God, we pray that the words of this preacher's mouth and the meditation of each and every heart here in this room and watching would be acceptable to you, O oh God. You are our solid rock and redeemer. In Christ's name, amen. So a group of visionaries backed by wealthy investors said, let's build a world-class skyscraper. Let's build a city with a tower and a tower so tall that everyone around will be able to see it for miles. Because as our city becomes famous because of our mighty skyscraper, our name will be known everywhere. In other words, let's make a name for ourselves. Now today, people go to specific places to make a name for themselves. If you want to make a name for yourself, say, for example, in, Holly, in showbiz, you go to Hollywood, right? Well, it's bright lights and the big screen. If you want to make a name for yourself in government and law, you go to Washington, D.C. If you want to make a name for yourself in the financial markets, just remember the line in Frank Sinatra's song, New York. If you can make it there, you can make it. Well, in our Genesis reading today, the people set out to build the skyscraper to end all skyscrapers. And with civic pride, it says they want a tower that reaches to the heavens. Come, let us make bricks. Come, let's bake them thoroughly. Use the best bricks and the finest tar. This is a job that is going to be done right. It's a tower that is going to be built to last. It's going to be fireproof. It's going to be California earthquake proof. It's going to be Hurricane Ian proof. It's even going to be COVID proof. But for what purpose will this tower serve? What's going to be going on inside the building? Is it going to be a military installation? Is it going to have administrative offices? Is it a church? Is it a hospital? Seems there's only one real purpose. It says in verse 4, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. 
In case you're wondering, that's four first-person pronouns in that one verse, verse four. This was going to be a monument to their egos. This was going to be the World Trade Center, the Sears Tower in Chicago, and the Eiffel Tower all rolled into one. Seems they wanted to make something that was all about them. I'm not sure we're much different today. I have a bumper sticker in my office that someone gave me a while ago uh, as a gag. It says, Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. Today, and sadly, too many people try to create an, an identity that is apart, apart from God. Too many people want to create a lifestyle that does not require any dependence upon God or any obedience to God's law. And so we live in a time when people are saying, let's, let's have a secular society where we just push God to the margins. In fact, God's simply not welcome. Let's remove God from our courtrooms and from our classrooms and from any public policy debates about the hot button issues that we face today. After all, do, do we really need God as the creator? Reminds me of the time that Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers of all people, had a complaint filed against him by a civil liberties organization about uh, how he had children one time on his program sing a song that God created the universe. And when he was asked about it, Mr. Rogers, standing there in his famous cardigan sweater, said incredulously, but God did create everything, didn't he? People in Genesis don't want to acknowledge that. They had become legends in their own minds. And they throw back their heads, they look up to the tippy top of their skyscraper, and they say, look out, God, here we come. So let me ask you a question. What are you building in your life? Is it all about you? Or is it all about God? If you are building your own Babel, you know what you're going to find out? That people matter less and less than the project. There's an old a Jewish uh, story that says the Tower of Babel got to be so tall in that in one year, it would, take, uh, it would take one year to carry a brick from the bottom all the way to the top of that skyscraper. And so that means that bricks became very precious. In fact, bricks were so highly valued that if a brick fell from the top and shattered, there was weeping and sorrow and crying. But if a worker fell and died, hardly anybody noticed. And it was just business as usual. If we build a Tower of Babel, what we're really saying is that the project matters more than the people. The other thing that I've noticed is that when we build a Tower of Babel, it means that our egos are probably out of control. C.S. Lewis said this one time, he said, pride, pride gets no pleasure out of having something only out of having more of it than the next man. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer, or cleverer, or better looking than others. It is the pleasure of being above the rest. Now, one thing that I notice in this story is that it teaches us, 
a very profound lesson, and that is you can't look up and look down at the same time. And as long as that we are looking down from our tower, it's impossible to look up into the face of God. In fact, I'd like to do a little experiment with you. I want you to try looking up and then looking down at the same time. Yeah, you look ridiculous. <laughs> and you're going to need a chiropractor, and I know just who to call. But you can't, you can't do it. It can't be done. And you know, ministers are the slowest to find out this reality. There was a young minister who was so pleased that a woman in his congregation kept asking for paper copies of his sermons. And one day, his pride got the better of him because he took her aside and he wanted to know how much she enjoyed reading his sermons. And so the woman said, oh, no, no, you got it all wrong. You see, they are just the perfect size for the bottom of my birdcage. Back to the story. Out beyond the stars, you might imagine a conversation that's taking place in this story in Genesis. The angel says, Lord, have you heard what's going down there in the plain of Shinar? And God says, you know, that's an awful long ways down there. I can't say that I have. And the angel says, well, Lord, you wouldn't believe what those people are up to. You better take a look. I just love what it says in verse 5. It says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. God, God is so high up that he can't see that little tiny, tiny tinker toy. And so God comes down and says, I think I see what you're talking about. Is that what the ruckus is all about? And then he says, look, Lord, they think they're going to break through the floorboards of heaven at any moment. And God says, no. And the angel says, yeah, yeah. And then with a, a divine gleam in his eye, God says, let's, let's have some fun here. Verse 7, come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. Well, the next morning, a worker shows up, punches in his time card, and says, good morning. And his, the foreman says, buenos dias. Someone over here says, como te le vous, should we? Another worker says, hey, anybody see my ladder? Another worker brings him a wheelbarrow full of bricks. Then someone asks for some mortar, and someone brings him a bucket of dirt. So everything is just sheer chaos. Pandemonium breaks out at that construction site because the people can't understand each other's words. The work stops, the whole project is abandoned, and it leaves a half-finished tower right there in the plain of Shinar. It is a monument of human arrogance and ineptitude. Now, many of you are builders in your profession. It might be medicine or law or farming or education or business. We, we all have our special projects of remodeling our homes or restoring an old car. So it's easy to look at the story and say, oh, God, God is just down on ambitious projects, right? Is that what the story is about? I sure hope not after our very expensive sanctuary renovation. My friends, the message here is this. Nothing fails so completely as success without God. Worldly success without God is not just a recipe for failure, it is a failure. 
And in order for our tall buildings and our grand schemes not to become a babble, everything we do, all that we invest ourselves in, heart, mind, body, soul, strength, must be for the glory of God. It cannot simply to be so that we can make a name for ourselves. Apostle Paul says this in Colossians 3.23, do all things heartily unto the Lord. Now, before this chapter, before this story about the Tower of Babel, this, this exercise in architectural egomania, there's a story a couple of chapters earlier, a couple of chapters earlier, about a God-ordained mega construction project. Just two chapters, really, before the Tower of Babel is a story that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, the story of who and what, Noah and the ark. So you see, the problem is not big projects. The problem is big projects apart from God. We are to be glory givers, not babble builders. And so may the only tower that rises above us here at Chestnut Level Presbyterian Church be the cross of Jesus Christ. The Presbyterian pastor, Bruce Larson, tells the story of walking down Fifth Avenue in New York City and to Rockefeller Plaza, where out in front was the old RCA building, was this 20-foot-high, gigantic iron statue of Atlas, straining with all his might to carry the world on his shoulders. But right across the street from Rockefeller Plaza is St. Patrick's Cathedral. Inside the cathedral, behind the altar, is a little shrine of the boy Jesus. He's maybe eight to nine years old. And he's holding the world in one hand. And Bruce Larson says, we have a choice. We can carry the whole world on our shoulders. We can think it's all up to us. We can build our babbles. Or we can say, Lord, I give up. I give you my life. I give you my world, I give you my all. May it be so for each and every one of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Lord God, we uh, cry out to you uh, from the failure of the rubble of our babbles. We cry out to you from the failed dreams of having to try to make a name for ourselves. Instead, oh God, help us to be more like Noah, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, an ark builder who looked to you to be the architect of his dreams, who, who gladly received the, the blueprint of your word, who was not confused by your language, and who gave you the glory for all that he accomplished. May our name, our reputation, our identity be in you as your beloved children. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.